Welcome back to the Conduct Detrimental Podcast. This is Dan Worley, joined by my co-host Dan Wallach. We're, for our first time ever, bringing you a breaking news Conduct Detrimental Podcast. Dan, how are you today? I'm doing well. You know, I'm playing the role of Walter Cronkite, trying to you know educate the country on this late-breaking news event, uh, which is going to shake the shake the nation, and certainly at a minimum, it's going to shake New Jersey if it succeeds. A um, couple of days ago, the New Jersey Assembly uh, snuck in a bill uh, that nobody caught until uh, New Jersey Law Journal picked it up uh, yesterday on Halloween. And uh, the New Jersey State Assembly, uh, in a bill co-sponsored by Ralph Caputo and John uh, Berzichelli, uh they have all authored a bill that would completely repeal any and all uh, prohibitions, rules, or laws against sports betting in the Garden State. This is the so-called uh, nuclear option that has been talked about ever since the uh, last uh, NCAA versus Chris Christie case was decided. So this is a major development. Yeah, and the, the Christie case you're referring to was decided this summer, and it's currently pending in the Supreme Court, and we'll talk about that. But before we do, I just wanted to read a little bit of this proposed law uh, because the law that is proposed actually talks about this other case and how they think they're in compliance with the law. And, uh, and they are. They are. I, I, it's, this, this bill is going to pass muster. The question is, will it pass? Will it be signed into law? But go ahead and read, sure. read the sponsor statement. It's just a, a wonderful introduction into what the law is about. This sponsor believes that the court in its 2016 decision referring to the Court of Appeals made it clear that a total repeal by New Jersey of its ban on sports bragering would not violate PASPA, which is the federal law that's at issue here. And then it goes on to say this bill would totally remove and repeal this state's prohibitions on sports gambling. So, Dan, let's just say that this law, and this is a big if at this point, but let's say that this law is passed what would a New Jersey look like without regulation? Um, gas stations, 7-Elevens, mafia, um, uh, uh, school children, instead, instead of selling cho you know, chocolate chip cookies or Girl Scout cookies, they might be able to accept and place wagers. Uh, but in reality, I, I mean, this is, this is a multi-tiered approach. Uh, let's understand why um, this bill is completely repealing uh, laws rather than um, authorizing sports betting, uh, licensing it, regulating it, taxing it. The reason uh, you can't do any of those things is because of the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, PASPA. And the way that the Third Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals has interpreted PASPA is that while it forbids state lawmakers and state governments from authorizing by law or licensing sports betting, what states are allowed to do is repeal their own internal state law prohibitions. It's basically like decriminalization of marijuana in the sense that uh, the, the federal, that no act of Congress can prevent a state from repealing its own state laws. And where New Jersey uh, went astray in the Christie II decision is they were, they, they were too cute by half. Uh, understanding that uh, the state could repeal its own laws without violating PASPA, uh, the state didn't go far enough in, in Christie II. In the last piece of legislation, the repeal was only lifted back insofar as it pertained to racetracks, casinos, 
and former racetrack sites. And the Third Circuit, um, in, in, a, in, a, a wide, in a sweeping opinion, found that that, um, that that repeal was so selective and so particularized and targeted to, to gaming, casino, and racing venues that it acted like an authorization of sports gambling rather than a true repeal law. So after the Christie II decision, New Jersey had a few options on the table. They could appeal or seek review from the U.S. Supreme Court, which they're doing. Uh, they could en- enact another partial repeal law and get ensnared in litigation for another three years. Or they could go the nuclear option, which is to completely remove any prohibitions uh, against sports betting. And that is the one option that is guaranteed to succeed. Uh, the only question is, will the law pass? Will the governor sign it into law? And then what's next? What will the new world look like once we have a repeal? Is this where New Jersey wants to end up? Or is this the first in a series of steps that New Jersey will take uh, to land at the spot where they ultimately want to land, which is legal sports betting confined and constrained to casinos and racetracks? I mean, is this really a guaranteed result, though? I mean, we've seen them try like you said numerous times before and, and what always happens is that the pro teams or the, excuse me the pro yeah. leagues and the NCAA come in and move for an injunction to stop them sue them and ultimately get into this litigation I mean don't you see them going down that path again well have you heard ever heard of the expression you know defendant being judgment proof well this defendant is PASPA proof Okay, the Third Circuit, in two different opinions, uh, delineated that a state is free to completely repeal its state law prohibitions. Where the states get into trouble is where they go down the continuum or go down the line and try to, uh, you know, and try to thread a needle and, and go only and go maybe not as far as the as as the Third Circuit would would want them to go. Like on the scale of one to ten, with a complete repeal being a ten. Uh, a 10 would pass muster under PASPA. Where New Jersey went wrong or failed is their prior repeal law only went so far as to insulate and benefit uh, specific venues like racetracks and casinos. So the, the sports leagues and the Department of Justice ha- were, were, were forced to acknowledge in the Christie II case that a complete repeal would not violate PASPA. The Third Circuit said that a complete repeal would not violate PASPA. This, my friend, is a complete repeal and would not violate PASPA. The only question is, is there a political will and political weight in New Jersey to bring this across the finish? line and i have my doubts yeah and that's that's really the uh 300 million dollar question if you will that's the sort of estimated impact on taxation that would come with sports gambling if if it could be regulated and you know i think one of the interesting things that we were talking about before before we started recording was you know this this move really demonstrates that new jersey may go to any length to get sports gambling within their borders. What are, you, what are your thoughts on sort of what this signals to you? Well, that, this, that is, you just identified the number one takeaway. Regardless of whether this succeeds or fails, New Jersey is, uh, you know, quote-unquote, putting its cards on the table. Uh, Christie too is not the end of the line. I mean, some suspected that, you know, New Jersey had reached, uh, you know, sort of the end of the line on sports betting and that Congress would be the only uh, salvation left for New Jersey. And, and what New Jersey is showing through its uh, uh, petitions for writ of certiorari to the U.S. Supreme Court and now with uh, last week's uh, complete repealer, what New Jersey is saying is, 
we're not going away. We're going to keep at this. Uh, New Jersey will relentlessly pursue sports betting until they could thread the needle or until Congress acts, which brings me to the motivation behind this law. Uh, no sane or logical lawmaker would want to see minors gambling on sporting events or the mafia controlling sports betting. This is, this is in some ways, uh, it could be viewed as the first of a two-stage approach. In the Christie 2 case, uh, Judge Fuentes, Julio Fuentes, in a dissenting opinion, uh, previewed this kind of uh, maneuver by suggesting that, that the state would be able to completely repeal sports betting and then over time add back limiting restrictions such as an age requirement or limiting locations where it could occur. And Judge Fuentes posited that if the state were to do a complete repeal and then over time add in restrictions, surely that would not violate PASPA. Of course, Judge Fuentes was in the dissent when he wrote that, so it, 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 it does raise the question of whether that two-stage process over a period of time would succeed. And then New Jersey's main motivation for this kind of law is to basically call the league's bluff and, and put the leagues in a position of having to do something, and that something would be not bringing a lawsuit, but lobbying Congress uh, and, and, and trying to put the, uh, uh, the, the, the road to federal regulation on a much faster track. Because you know, while New Jersey is not uh, a, a state that has num a large number of sports teams, it is within driving distance of states like Pennsylvania, New York, uh, um, uh, you know, the D.C., Massachusetts. There are uh, probably close to 20 sports teams uh, within a short driving distance uh, from some point in the state of New Jersey. So this prospect of completely unregulated and unmonitored sports betting uh, might throw a little bit of a worry into the leagues. I mean, the leagues, while maybe they're not going to be scared by this, it's certainly concerning if you're Adam Silver, Roger Goodell, uh, you know, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, or uh, any of the other sports league commissioners. So the thought here is that this is a little bit more than a publicity stunt, but it's a game of dare, or um, and not so much a bluff, but it is intended, uh, one, to spur action in Congress sooner rather than later, and then failing that, New Jersey would be able to tinker with its complete repeal law a year, two years, three years out to rectify the concerns that would be raised by a complete Wild West scenario. Yeah, I think <clears throat> some of those concerns are that, for example, there would be no regulation on how close you could bet to a sports stadium while right before a game is going on or, you know, we were both on a panel at American Bar Association's uh, recent event, and it was a sports gambling panel. And, and one of the concerns, uh, it was in Las Vegas, and there's obviously issues with their new NHL team coming there. And one of the issues that, that they're looking at right now is, is you know, fans basically sitting in the seats, seeing a player get injured during warm-ups, walking outside and placing a bet, or having you know betting available inside the arena. And those concerns would be completely unregulated. In addition well, that, to all the other things we're talking about, like minors, mm -hmm. you know, anybody taking bets. So it's it would be crazy. And it's obviously, like you said, close to a number of large markets as well. So there would be a large opportunity for people mm -hmm. to come in. I mean, let me ask you this. Would New Jersey rather sort of go down their own route and have the only state in the eastern half of the country that's 
legalize sports betting or they rather have federal regulation so that it opens up to everybody and it's sort of not as much of a unique thing to them? Uh, they need to be first and they need to be fast. Uh, over the last uh, three or four years, uh, several casinos have, sh have shuttered. A couple of racetracks have closed. Uh, the, the New Jersey casino and, and horse racing industry, I mean, it's not an exaggeration to say that they're, uh, they've fallen on hard times. They're somewhat under siege. So by hook or crook, New Jersey does need to be in a position to be first and soon to offer sports betting because the casino and the racetrack industry need it. I mean, uh, if you just look at Monmouth Park Racetrack, operated by my uh, my good friend Dennis Drazen, throwing in a little uh, um, you know prop, uh, somebody I know, but he's he's in a dire situation the the handle uh it, you know has not been as high as it had been in recent years and and uh, when they were poised to offer sports betting in 2014 before the injunction was entered um monmouth park was was poised to you know have a full stadium you know full grandstand close to 50,000 in capacity the the estimates for the amount of sports wagering that would take place alone in monmouth park were, were were just the, the numbers were were just phenomenal and in the and in, in the absence of sports betting what you're seeing emerge here uh, regionally is with states like you know uh, Massachusetts New York Connecticut neighboring Pennsylvania and of course Delaware having competitive uh, you know forms of of gaming uh, New Jersey is in a perilous position competitively uh, you know uh, you know as compared with the other states so New Jersey is not just doing this simply because they want sports betting their their, their vibrant casino their formerly vibrant casino and, and racetrack industries the equine industry badly needs the economic boost that sports betting would provide. And it's not a matter of state dollars or tax revenues. It's really bringing the foot traffic and the people to the venues. And whether it's regulated or unregulated, uh, you know, taxed, untaxed, uh, if sports betting becomes completely uh, decriminalized in New Jersey, yeah, the mafia will, will, will certainly you know, get a slice of that. Offshore books will get a slice of that. But the vast majority of the people of the state of New Jersey would prefer to go to a licensed and, and heavily regulated racetrack or casino to place their wagers. That, that would cover the vast majority of new legal wagers that would be placed in the state. One last thing before we get going. What – What's the current status of the New Jersey's Supreme Court petition, and how does that impact this bill? Well, if the U.S. Supreme Court grants certiorari, I can tell you that this repeal bill will get shelved for the foreseeable future. The timeline on the Supreme Court case is the next stage will be uh, – no, let me back up for a second. Uh, Governor Christie and the New Jersey Thoroughbred Horsemen's Association filed petitions for writ of certiorari with the high court. Uh, in early October. Recently, the Supreme Court granted an extension uh, to the sports leagues and the Department of Justice in which to file their responses to the petitions for writ of certiorari. That deadline is December 14th, and, and likewise, the deadline for filing an amicus brief has been expended, extended to December 14th. And under the Supreme Court uh, you know, procedural rules, uh, the petitions and the responses are distributed 14 days after the deadline for responses, meaning that this that this 
case is going to go to a SCOTUS conference in all likelihood in early January with a decision or an action on the cert petitions no later than around January 9th or January 10th. So in a little bit over two months, we'll know whether the Supreme Court grants certiorari or denies certiorari. If certiorari is denied, which happens in at least 98% of the, the, the cases, this bill will become activated and, and probably pick up a momentum uh, leading it uh, to go through several more iterations eventually before it gets to the governor. If the Supreme Court by some, you know, I wouldn't call it a miracle, but if the Supreme Court grants cert, we're not going to hear about this bill until after the Supreme Court case because as long as there's the possibility that the U.S. Supreme Court could find PASPA to be unconstitutional, this bill will not be necessary. But we're talking about a 2% likelihood. Crazy. Interesting stuff, uh, Dan. Thanks for uh, all the insight today. Um, we, this will be a fascinating case to follow, a fascinating law to follow. I want to uh, point our listeners to a podcast we did earlier this week with Julia Marsh on the Derrick Rose trial. It was a really interesting podcast. We had a we had a fun time talking with her about her experience inside the courtroom. Um, and if you could, if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to on iTunes. And we would appreciate it if if you like it and you want to give us five stars, please leave we won't, a review as well. <laughs> we, won't, we won't object to that. Right, right. That helps us sort of um, boost up the iTunes rankings and help us, helps us kind of get more followers. And, and so that's what we're looking to do. So um, it's been a fun couple of weeks starting off. Dan, thank you. We'll talk yeah. soon. Yeah, uh, until tomorrow when the next story breaks. This right. has been a, a little bit of a, a frenetic uh, you know, week, week and a half in sports law. So hopefully this will become a regular occurrence for us where we can kind of break in in the middle of the day, you know, like we're Walter Cronkite, and uh, kind of break down late or newly developing you know, sports law stories. So uh, this was a good first attempt, and uh, hopefully we put a lot of good information out there. 